Welcome to Crazy Enough to Win. I'm your host, John Grubbs. Welcome to the show. Now, today's show is a little bit different. Today is a how-to show. It's how do we rebuild our teams after COVID-19? How do we rebuild our teams after people have been dispersed in stay-at-home, hide from the virus, and well, shelter in place realities that we've all endured. And here's the brutal truth. Many teams were struggling before the coronavirus pandemic. And Harvard Business Review and Gallup calculated employee engagement at, get this, merely 30% far before the pandemic and current work from home trends. Folks, that means seven out of every 10 employees were either checked out at work or negative about their employers. And humans are highly social people, and we need interaction with others to perform optimally. Henry Ford said, coming together is the beginning. Staying together is progress, and working together is success. As we reopen the economy and the workplace, Some leaders are considering this work from home as the ideal strategy to reduce cost and offer employees more flexibility. And for some people, for some people, in rare cases, this might work satisfactorily. However, here's the big but. For most most workplaces, this portends disaster for employee engagement and productivity. We are about to run into a wall. And it's not just John saying this. A detailed McKinsey study reported companies with high employee motivation are 60% more likely to be in the top quartile. That's the top 25% in their industries. That's right. Highly motivated people give you an extreme competitive advantage. And this panacea, this, this dream about work from home forever is not what it seems. As fear fatigue emerges and companies, well, begin to learn to live with the virus, short-term decisions can create opportunity for smart-minded business leaders. The greatest things in business are never done by one person. They are done by a team of people, according to the late Steve Jobs. And while these wonderful platforms like Teams and Zoom may seem adequate for the current reality, they do not create the same environment for team unity and, more importantly, high team performance. Look, here's the deal. We need need organic human collisions in the workplace. These casual and informal connections create deeper personal relationships necessary for instinctive and impulsive workplace creativity. And it also improves collaborative decision-making. Yes, yes, those water cooler, those coffee station conversations are essential components for unity and cohesion among people. Sharing a meal together is also a human need for deeper relationships at work. And you may say, why? Why is that, John? Well, trust trust is formed when people get to know other people personally. 
And this must be in a context away from task-oriented contact. Simon Sinek said, a team is not just a group of people who work together. A team is a group of people who trust each other. And it's extremely difficult to build and develop trust without the informal human vulnerability and touch. Highly informed leaders are deliberate about creating human connections for a team. And these connections become the building blocks for employee engagement at work. Engagement cannot be mandated. Engagement is fluid and it fluctuates daily with everyone. Even the most engaged employees will have those days when they just don't feel it. They're not bringing it today. And intuitive leaders with the proper skills can identify those behaviors and take steps to bring people back to higher levels of engagement. And get this, Gallup reported a worldwide engagement at work of only 13%. So if it's 13% around the world and it's 30% in the United States, that's one out of every three people who are really engaged at work. So here's the big question. Can you teach engagement? Whom should you teach? And why should you teach? Not all team building is the same. For most people, the mere mention of team building results in a rolling of eyes from the memory of a trust fall or some other activity equally as corny. And engagement is psychological. Therefore, supervisors must be taught why employee engagement benefits them as the leader. And according to Entrepreneur Magazine, employee disengagement costs businesses in the U.S., get this, $550 billion in lost productivity. Let me say that again. Employee disengagement costs about $550 billion in lost productivity. Turnover costs are estimated at one to three times employee salaries. And almost 50% of new hires fail in the first 18 months. And even more remarkably, 80% of people dissatisfied with their boss are disengaged. Hmm. Got to blame it on the boss. Sounds awful, doesn't it? So what's the answer? Before we identify opportunity, we have to talk about possibility. The holy grail for leadership is little known and rarely discussed in business. Two powerful words are rarely uttered in corporate boardrooms, factory floors, or hospitals around the globe. In whatever language you speak, these two words represent the desired outcome needed to address and do something about the engagement conundrum. Two simple words, when achieved, can make your business happier, more productive, and definitely more profitable. So you might be asking, what are they, John? Get on with it. The outcome sought, the path to success, and the measure of employee engagement can be summed up in two words. Discretionary effort. The two words are discretionary effort. It is the sole indicator of true employee engagement. 
Discretionary effort is the level of effort provided above required effort. Let me say that again. Discretionary effort is the level of effort provided above required effort. So employers pay for and often receive required effort. In other words, they do what you pay them to do. However, only engaged employees give you that extra effort that's not required. And the distinction is highly significant psychologically in so much as someone who isn't engaged will not likely give you more effort than they are paid to give. They give you the bare minimum. In contrast, engaged employees exhibit behaviors that are completely inconsistent with their counterparts. These people work harder. They work longer. And they work more effectively because they have simply made the choice to do so. Skilled supervisors utilize proven tools to reach this level of engagement. Still think all team building is the same? Hmm. The most effective team building and supervisor training systems utilize decades of research from psychologists and behavioral economists. Supervisors without these tools are taking a proverbial knife to a gunfight each day. They are simply unarmed to be successful in the psychological battle to reach discretionary effort through employee engagement. And without the requisite skills and knowledge, I call these capabilities, supervisors and managers are like the asymptote in math. And if you don't remember what the asymptote is, it's the curve that approaches a line but will never reach it. It mathematically will never reach the line. And these supervisors without these skills will never reach what they need, whether they know it or not, because they do not know what they do not know. The universal battle cry of the struggling supervisor is, if we could only find good people. Does this sound familiar? So your recovery or pivot from COVID-19 is rooted in the success of your frontline supervisor or manager. There are no bad people. There are only people who think or act badly. Once we realize the potential impact of one human on another, we gain advantage with our teams. So I've provided you with a deep insight based on almost two decades of study. And I want you to remember that what you say matters. Your process matters. But how your employees feel when they engage with you matters much, much more. Now, I'm going to end this with a quote from Anton de Saint-Exupéry. And I love this quote. If you want to build a ship, don't drum up people together to collect wood and assign them tasks and work. But rather, teach them to long for the endless immensity of the sea. If you enjoyed this podcast, share it with others. Let me know what you think. Remember, this podcast is about going big. And when you go big with your teams, you reach a level of engagement that other organizations just cannot reach. And some supervisors are out there struggling every day trying to build a team without the proper tools. I want you to know that we are crazy enough to go big on this podcast. We're crazy enough to challenge the status quo. We are crazy enough to 
win. Until next time.